This is Sports Best, the only sports show on the internet that donates a pair of shoes every time you buy a pair of shoes. He is Andrew Keller, who I believe is going to the World Series next week, and I'm Larry Olson. I go nowhere, never. Hello, Mr. Keller. Uh, just a quick clarification. The shoe size we donated is always 16. There's not too many people that are collecting the size 16 shoes we donate. So we do have a warehouse in Des Moines that houses all of the unclaimed shoes. If you have a 16, reach out and we will send you a pair of shoes. So when we send the shoes, even if you don't wear a 16, you get a 16. That's right. Okay. We're very specific in what we do, but that's one of the things that makes us distinguished from our competition is we are specific in what we do. We wouldn't be the sports best podcast if we didn't have a Tom Brady story. So let's get to Mr. Brady. Did you see over the weekend, Tom Brady threw his 600 career touchdown. His receiver did not know it was Tommy's 600 career touchdown. So he goes to the stance and gives the ball away to Byron Kennedy, who's sitting in the end zone and just gets the ball. He receives two signed Brady jerseys, a helmet, another jersey autographed by Mike Evans, and Mike Evans game-worn cleats. Brady told the Mannings, also on Monday Night Football, that he promised to give Kennedy a Bitcoin. By the way, that cost $62,000. The team is also giving Kennedy tickets to the remainder of 2021, all of 2022, and a $1,000 credit to the official team store. It feels like Tom Brady's 600 career ball is a little overpriced. Oh, I bet you if that went on the open open market on auction, it would be worth more than the combined really? value of that. I think so. More than $62,000? I mean, the combined value of season tickets for the rest of this year, uh, next year, $1,000. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's probably $100,000. He, the signed helmet, he's got other jerseys, game, other stuff. Uh, if you looked at it on the scale of market value, I think the guy is on the losing end. But just to be able to sleep better at night, doing the right thing, I think both sides probably feel good about how it played out. But um, I, I think he, if he was a worse person, he could have gotten more in the open market. It makes me think of Barry Bonds when he hit his record-breaking home run and the amount of chaos in the stands when people were fighting for the ball and whenever you get that uh, historic ball, you get escorted out by, by the uh, security. So here's my question for you, Mike Evans. Was there no chatter in the locker room or around the game that, hey, when Tom Brady's about to throw a 600 career touchdown, did like nobody mention this because there's so many career milestones that he's breaking that's like hard to keep track of him? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think I could go either way on that because I remember when Emmett Smith was close to breaking the record. A bunch of Dallas Cowboys linemen were like playing hurt because they wanted to be in the footage of him breaking the record. So everyone was aware of it. I think two things are possible. One is don't talk about it because it's like saying a pitcher has a no hitter going. And two, it might be he was told, but he got caught up in the moment and being so excited that he scored a touchdown that he just handed it off. I mean, I, I don't know which one it is. All right. I can tell Maybe you we could have him on the state. We can have him on the show. Just to bring this up, because we haven't talked about it in a while, Rob Gronkowski, you are not welcome on this show, yeah. even though you're a teammate. Not yeah. welcome on this show. Not welcome. Well, apparently, the NFL has an underground bunker that's staffed <laughs> with people that are 100% dedicated to making up I love random this. statistics. God, I love this. Specifically, Scorigami. If you're like me <laughs> and you've never heard of Scorigami before today, that is when the NFL 
has a football game that ends in a score that's unique and has never happened before. So apparently this weekend, Arizona beat Houston 31 to five. That's a random kind of strange score. Someone in our survival pool had Arizona and I was checking that score. So that stood out to me. And that went down as the 1068th unique final score in NFL history. Week six, there was another score I got me uh, when the Rams beat the Giants 38 to 11. What is this? Does this statistic mean anything? Why is this tracked? I've never heard of this before. I didn't know this was a thing until this week. I never knew there was score, Gabby, and I never knew that there weren't score. There weren't. I didn't know this was a thing. I mean, I did not know it was a thing. I hear about it now. I'm like, of course, there's unique scores that are going to happen. The question is, why are they tracking this, and why does it matter? It is further proving my theory that there's the underground bunker that the NFL has, because if it had anything other than underground bunker with no windows, they might look out and see a squirrel outside and be like, that's more important than this statistic. Uh, apparently last year there was 12 games that gave us scoregami, and this year's a little bit slower. We only have two so far this season. Scoregami, 1,068. How, how, many, are there, how many more um, not yet scored scores are there? Well, I mean, theory, it's infinite because yeah, you, there's one. no cap on how much yeah. you can score. Yeah. But there's, they didn't get like, there's, there's less every year. Is there's like not 100 left unscored scores under in reasonable points scored games? I think there's probably more than that. I wouldn't have thought there'd be over a thousand, but also I'm not doing light math that often to, to figure out probability. Maybe we could uh, reach out to one of the engineers that listen to the show. Write in if you know the answer of what's the what's the number of possibilities that we have. It's a lot. Once again, I've been watching sports my entire life, maybe the NFL for 40 years. I never knew Scorigami existed, and I love that it now has come to me. Thank you, yeah. universe. Thank you. It's awful. The uh, Bengals blew out the Ravens on Sunday. During the game, a fan tried to climb into the radio broadcast booth on the audio of the game, you can hear color analyst Obafemi Ayabajine Ayan Badejo saying, What? What? What are you doing? What are you doing? The fit. Oh, you have the audio. Yeah, you want it? You want it? Oh, yes. So I, I cut out. There's 30 seconds of dead air just to oh. let you know, but this is this is where it went. Yard oh. lot again. Impressive coverage what, by what, Anthony Avery. What are you Avery. doing? What are you doing? At the 40 yard line. T. Higgins so was the target. Anthony Averett had great coverage, and that is going to force the punt team on. If you were listening, you heard Femi say, what are you doing, what are you doing? He was not talking to the players or the coaches. We actually had a fan who was trying to climb into the broadcast booth. She said, I'm a veteran, and I'm looking for a drink. Yeah, I don't serve uh, drinks at the game. I might make some cocktails at home, but this is not the right time or place. I kind of hate the fact that he's thinking on his feet and makes that joke, but I kind of love it at the same time. You know what? Which once again, I feel like I'm a grown man of spirits. Loving you would think more people would try to climb into radio broadcast. Don't you like, I'm shocked that this has taken so long to happen. I bet you people have tried it, but maybe haven't gotten that far. I think the security resting on their laurels a little bit. Maybe that has easier access. Hmm. I mean, some of these, these press boxes are not, yeah. feasible to access without like equipment so i don't know where this box was in location to other things but uh the fact that it was caught live on air was he was he was shook 
What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> That's great. Thank you for getting that audio. That's awesome. I was yeah. doing the dramatic reenactment. It wasn't the same. What would you do in the situation? Would you invite them in and be like, hey, let's uh, get a G&T going and maybe you can give some uh, color commentary with me? Well, Tell I some war that, stories. That's my reaction to do that. But, you know, you, in those circumstances, you're surprised. You don't know if they're deranged or whatever, you know? Yeah. They might have a, a dirty needle and try to stab you with some, some fentanyl. Yikes. Nobody wants fentanyl. But you made a reference earlier to the, the Mannings. And uh, the, I think by all accounts, we both like what they're doing on, oh, on their, the no. Manning cast. Oh. But they issued their fourth apology this, <laughs> this week and because Marshawn Lynch was on and he dropped an F-bomb. Of course. Uh, I mean, they kind of, they were putting into like, I've, de I've decided after watching this for the past, past couple of weeks that Peyton Manning is 90% of the show and Eli is hanging on for dear life because Peyton is quick, yes. he's funny, and Eli yeah. is just there. They, they had a fun bet where Ole Miss beat Tennessee this weekend, so Peyton had to wear Eli's old jersey. That was kind of fun, but Peyton was going pretty hard in the paint at Marshawn asking him, He's like, oh, it's fourth and one. What do you like to do here? Do you think we should run up the middle or, or, or throw a slant? <laughs> Referencing their, their loss to the Super Bowl when they did not give it to Marshawn. Mm. So many good things. Uh, I think they've been, they've been great. I can't think of a I, – I wonder there's, – there's obviously going to be spinoffs of this and uh, taking away the everyman for, for having a chance to be on TV, and now it's just going to be old – old athletes with good personalities. I think this is perfect, right? Because when you watch a football game, there's so much inaction between plays. It's like right. talk radio in between a football game. I just think it's perfect. Yeah. And then also it's, I mean, it's so easy to do to have be like a live stream on Facebook, Instagram, yeah. YouTube, Twitch, TikTok. Like you don't even need a network to tell you to do this. You can be like, Hey, I'm Jay Cutler. I'm going to be going live at 2 p.m. to watch the uh, the Saints play Bro. the Ravens. I don't know who the Saints are playing this Bro, week. You'd have to, I, how much would you have to pay me to watch a game streamed by Jay Cutler? Dear God. You don't like Jay Cutler? He's horrible. Well, I think more people, whether it's good or bad, would tune into Jay Cutler before us, which is – that is bad. That's a shame. Now, if you said there's a game streamed by Kristen Cavallari – now I'm watching that. Yeah. Who who would you want to watch? I mean, who do you what about the Strahan? I don't even I think Strahan's too polished now. Yeah, I think the kind of the, the allure of the Manning brothers is you know you don't know what's gonna happen. What might come out next? So that that's part of the allure of it. I can't think of who I'd want to watch. The Rock. The Rock talking about his old days at the U and uh Catholics versus convicts. I think that was after or before his time. But Listen, once again, I feel like these things are, I don't, I don't know how to interpret this in that they had Marshawn Lynch on, on during the game. How do they not have a delay button or a beat button? Of course he's going to drop an F bomb. Like they did it because he wanted him to drop an F bomb. Yeah. And we're talking about it. There's no such thing as exactly. bad publicity. So exactly. Anyway, I mean, we talked about this on another show that we do, but uh, in the greatest showman, <laughs> he takes the bad he takes the bad newspaper reviews uh -huh. and PT Barnum turns them in his favor. So that's what the Manning brothers are doing with Marshawn's loose lips. Could could you tell us the point in that movie where you cry again? What part what part is it? I cry in 
all parts of that movie. You never know when it's going to happen. I normally watch on airplanes. I think you're more more likely to cry on an airplane. The that's bearded me. lady kind of freaks me out. She's a smidge, but I love that movie. Who does? Bearded lady. Bearded lady? Yeah, she kind of. She's got but a that, beautiful voice. She does that. You know what? Damn, thank you for bringing it back. Hey, um, the 2021 World Series is here. Hey. Your Houston Astros taking on my Atlanta Braves. <laughs> They're meeting in the Fall Classic after knocking off the Red Sox and Dodgers in the Championship Series. Three series, third World Series for the Astros in five years. Braves in the Fall Classic for the first time since 1999. Everybody wants a chaos World Series in that they want lots of runs scored, maybe something wacky to happen. Here's what I want to happen in the World Series. First of all, someone to do a stolen base so everybody gets a free taco, taco taco. Yeah. My kids love that. They really want that to happen. Here's what I want. I want a player to like jump the jump a fence and catch a ball on the opposite. Like it could be a home run on the opposite of that wall or like our foul ball. So he they jump over into the stands and catch them. That's what I want to see happen. That's your number one. Who do you want to win? Um, this is great question. I'm not a Giants fan, but I've been around so long that I remember Dusty Baker is the manager of the Giants, and I remember him going to the Cubs and getting close to a World Series, but never winning it. I'm sort of torn if I want him to world win a World Series, but he is the manager of the Astros who cheat like a holes, and I don't necessarily want them to win. Here's the question. Flashback to uh, young Larry on the playground and Whittier. Yeah. Cheaters never win. Are we learning as we get older in life that that's not true? By the way, my favorite player, that little Larry, was Dusty Baker, who played for the Dodgers. So, yes, now you're really tugging at my strings. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was, uh, I, watched, I watched game six, the, the clinching Houston game, in a bar in Boston. And I thought this was great. I don't know how much you watched the game. In the eighth inning, there's a three-run three homer that puts them up 5 nothing. And is as if the game had ended, they turn off the audio, start cranking some '90s alt rock, and just ignore the last two innings of the game. And it was it was such uh, such great sore losing. I don't know if it's sore losing, but I like that. It's like, well, it's not gonna. We're not gonna do. They're not gonna sulk. They just moved on with their life. And it was fun to see how Boston fans reacted. How? What were the odds that there was a Houston Astros fan at that bar you were at, and he said? How you like them apples? Is was that did that happen? That was a, a low percentage shot. My okay. friend that uh, I was meeting in Boston is like, if you're going for the Astros, cheer on the inside because I don't <laughs> think they will appreciate you being there. And uh, Boston doesn't seem like the place to stick your neck out. Maybe San Francisco because all those tech nerds aren't gonna are gonna throw down. But who knows? This is the only other thing I. Well, maybe you have one other thing about the World Series, but. I'm hoping that, as you know, Jocktober continues. I'm a, I want Jocktober to just continue as long as it can. Jocktober. Yeah, there's one other story that's kind of fun. I don't know. I don't have kids. So I don't know how I'd feel about this. But uh, the Braves manager, Brian Snicker, is going to be facing off against his son's team, Troy. Uh, he is the hitting coach for the Astros, so it's huh. just kind of fun. Father uh, baseball more than any other sport has father son matchups, and this is another good one. I mean, if you were the manager and one of your kids was on the opposing team, would your competitive spirit fall off and be like, "I'm just happy to be here"? Whoever wins, I feel like he wants to crush his son's team. I, I hope if I'm a Braves fan, 
So what do you think about the mom slash wife? Is she like, you know what? This is great. Someone's going to win the World Series. Or is she like, this is horrible. Someone's going to lose the World Series. Ooh. I think she's in a win-win situation. She's like, I get to celebrate either way. Yeah. This is an old story, but there was a 30 for 30 on Jimmy Connors. Have you ever seen that one? I haven't, but I would love to. So it's... It talks about his 91 U.S. Open run, and he was 38, and like he had a pretty deep run, his like third resurgence in tennis. Anyway, his uh, they interview his wife, and the graphic they always put up like they had uh, uh, McEnroe, it's like former number one player, and different people they had their tennis things, and uh, for him it was uh, Jimmy Connor's wife, former Playmate of the Year, 1977, like that was her thing. And during this 91 run, she's like, yeah, we're around the house. And and when we would hear the clapping, we would realize that Jimmy was doing something good. So we'd go watch the game again. Like she's fully admitting that she didn't even watch his match. She like didn't go. She wasn't watching it at home. Uh, That, that kind of stuck out to me. I was like, why are you waiting for, to hear applause before you go watch your, uh, your, let your kids watch their father and you watch your husband go on a historic run. Dude, Patty McGuire. Nice to look at. Yeah. And a complete hard left. Mike Leach hates candy corn and he wants you to know all about it. I do feel like Mike Leach is a crazy guy. Like, he doesn't like candy corn. That guy's crazy. Is he crazy? I think this is an interesting story in his post game interview against the 45 to 6 win against Vanderbilt. He starts talking about, well, he gets asked a question that we, we know you don't like candy corn. He's like, not only do I not like it, it's terrible. Then starts talking about how he likes gummies, candy, whatever. How insulting is it that he's not going to even talk about Vanderbilt as an opponent? He's like, this was such a non-game. We're just going to talk about gummies. Gummies are basically his favorite type of candy. And he, he calls it Hasbro by name. Hasbro? Harbro? I don't know what they're called. So you're the, I, I watched this interview, right? It's you're the, the, the reporter at the game, sideline reporter. You go up, you got an interview the coach. Are you like, well, he's kind of a wacky guy. Should just throw out Halloween candy to be fun. Like, was this her job or like, are we like. I think it was referencing something he had said before and like tried to kind of take that and run with it. And I guess got the information or got the, the content that she wanted because he gave a, a pretty heartfelt candy response. I mean, he has history of, of giving Stupid answers to stupid questions. I saw something. I don't know what game it was after, but it was uh, in the press conference. One of the reporters said, so what do you think the difference was on having to go for settle for a field goal and not getting a touchdown in the, in the red zone? He's like, well, I'm not sure if my math is correct, but I'd say that was about four points. I was like, he's, uh, he's kind of fun. It's like a very tongue-in-cheek kind of interview versus like the more dry, leave me alone, get off my lawn, Bill Belichick approach. Can I tell you my favorite part of this show today? Uh, I'd love you to tell me that. It was when you said heartfelt candy response. I really, that was my favorite part. I mean, that's the most important thing when you're talking about candy is giving it from the heart. Because I could tell you that I like mounds, but why would you have a mound when you can have an almond joy? That would just be a lie. Ladies and gentlemen, we're wrapping up the show, and here's breaking news. Andrew Keller did not say anything racist or sexist on this episode, and I am really proud of him. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to be here later this week, but uh, next week we can see what the uh, things like can be. Accused.